Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everybody, and welcome to How Did We Get Here, the audio road trip podcast with no breaks. I'm Zach, and I'm here with Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Zach. Hi. In the in the past, oh, I'm driving today because I'm I'm starting. <laughs> so you're in the passenger seat, and I'm driving. But you had a topic that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. And this is a very confusing title, The Nostalgic Unfamiliarity of Genuinely Awful Media. Can you elucidate? Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like there's this phenomenon, right? Um, I think it's most notably demonstrated through something yearly like Call of Duty or Pokemon or something like that, right? Sure. Like the new media comes out once a year and when it does, everybody buys it and everybody hates it because it's not as good as insert piece of media here. But uh, this wild phenomenon happens once every millennia when people go full 180 and then, okay, what inspired this is like Pokemon White Black. Let's talk about that, right? Like it's sure it's the final 2D pixel Pokemon game and it's out there. You know, they abandon all past Pokemon, 150 new ones, and that's it. You know, like you can't even find the old Pokemon before you beat the game. So it's like pretty bold. And because sure. of that, everybody criticized the game to hell and back. And now people say, Oh, it has the best graphics. It has the best storyline. It has the, and it's just like, it's just because time has passed. You know, it's like, I think everybody's favorite Mario Party game is the one that came out when they were eight years old. Yep. 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 I'm a, I'm an N64 purist. I feel you on that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's just pretty phenomenal how it happens every time without fail. Cause what I ran into on Twitter yesterday was somebody vouching saying like gen six was peak pokemon and that is unanimously agreed that like that was the lowest point of the series outside of one thing they added to it being megas and i i just think it's so interesting how if enough time passes it's like the question is is it that it gets better in people's minds or are the people talking just you know previous eight-year-olds right yeah I think it depends on how much time has passed because, like, if the thing that came to my mind, and this isn't, like, a, mm-hmm. in the same vein because what you're talking about is, like, a yearly annual release that, like, shifts so much that it changes entirely. Like, I think the Pokemon games, for all of their mechanical similarities, have very different tones and... Um, aesthetics in a mm-hmm. way, like the areas that they're in and like this one's in New York, this one's in, in France or whatever. I actually just found out about black and white like 
maybe two months ago. Like the fact that it's, you know, <laughs> conceptually. It, it, yeah, well, I knew that it existed, obviously, but I was, people told me that it had no previous Pokemon. I was like, oh, I actually love that. Yeah, it was like a soft reboot, essentially. And then yeah, people, I like that more. Dude, here's here's the most heartbreaking part of it. I, I do think Black and White is the best Pokemon game. Yeah. And it it is revered now, but when it came out, people hated it oh, for I'm everything sure. it did. And then I think all that backlash made him say, well, fuck it. We might as well switch the models then. So oh. I, I, I think I think the backlash to black and white was just a dark road for Pokemon. Sure, sure, sure. You think that like they were they had a bold idea. They were going down a righteous path and then the backlash made them change course. Yeah. And everybody's like, no, actually, we did like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I feel so, that. And because now, you know, people complain about the tree and sword and shield. And it's like, I think it's just like a domino effect. Like they they were masters of 2D. And then you ask them to go in something that right. they're not familiar with. Damn, that's a good point. I So I, I think it comes down to having confidence in your vision. Because like the example I was going to give was, uh, were you around for the Wind Waker discourse? Yes. Well, Dude. okay. Yeah, that's a loaded story. Yeah, that the gamers hated that one. Like, that one was all over. Like, obviously, there were no... Uh, I don't even know if there were forums. I think there were forums back there then. There were but, definitely forums. Yeah, there certainly wasn't, you know, Twitter or Facebook or anything. But, like, people were angry about this Wind Waker direction. And then it comes out and people are calling it... I, I don't know. I think a lot of people consider it one of the better ones. Maybe not the best because that spot is always, always obviously saved for uh, Ocarina of Time. But I feel like you have to have confidence in the long term of a vision, I think it's just harder when you have to put out a new one every year as opposed to Zelda, mm -hmm. which is like, here's a new story, new aesthetics, like a new direction. We'll see you in six years, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing with Zelda was that I don't remember what, where it was shown at before, mm -hmm. but we got like previews of a new Legend of Zelda and you had like these HD graphics of Link versus Ganon. Oh, and yeah. people were ready for that. And it was really dark and gritty. And then they announced Wind Waker. So I think that's where a lot of the backlash at the time came from was they were teased. It was just like a tech demo. Like, that's all it was. It was but, like more Twilight Princessy, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, people saw that and they freaked out. And then Wind Waker came out. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's, how does that intersect with culture as it is now where it feels like I don't like I I was thinking about this I, I think that as you're growing up and as you're sort of fed the the stories and whatever the the culture of each era uh there's a proclivity to define it by decades right you have the 50s mm -hmm. 60s like 50s is like gangsters and sock hops 60s is Drugs and Woodstock, 70s Yo. disco, yeah. you know, 80s cocaine and money, 90s is Nirvana, grunge, whatever. Like, even the 2000s to me have a pretty clear picture of like, you know, maybe like Frosted Tips, American Idol, um, HDTV. Yeah, when I think like like 90s, I feel like a lot of people go grunge. I go like, like Family Matters, Full House. That's probably more 80s, sure. but... It's no, it's just 90s. Like, it's 90s? Okay, like Saved by the Bell, kind of like, when I think 90s, I think TV. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I think it's in there. But regardless, like, 
I don't know what 2010s culture is. And part mm-hmm. of me feels like that might be because it's too recent. But I also yeah. feel like it's just repeating itself. Like maybe it's just Marvel. That's kind of exactly you know? where I wanted to take this conversation next. Yeah. Because nostalgia is such a powerful weapon in like marketing. And I don't want to say that like all video games or all movies have gotten lazier, but you're now like at the dawn of that respective media. Like you kind of had to be innovative. You kind of had to right, come yep. up with something new because there's there's nothing else to do. But now I feel like everything's so established where like we see so many ports and remakes and remasters and just like think of like A Star is Born or something like that, right? Sure. Or The Great Gatsby. Both of those films have had like five iterations. And I'm not saying like those are bad, right? Because you don't really see like a lot of like blatant redos in the film world, but that's more of like a video game complaint because right. everyone wants to play their favorite game from the childhood in HD, and that's kind of like the nostalgia that they pander to, right? Like, why why else would Battle for Bikini Bottom, a SpongeBob game, get an HD remake, right? Yeah, and there and it wasn't even that special. Like, I, I like it's fine, but yeah. it's straight up a nostalgia play. And, and I think the interesting thing is like, when you're remaking a film, depending on the director, but t- depending on the actors, depending on like the artistic creative sensibilities, mm-hmm. they can feel very different. So like this latest yeah. great great Gatsby with DiCaprio Buzz and um, McGuire. Yeah, it's like very different from the previous the adaptations. Same thing of how he handled like Moulin Rouge and then uh the right. Elvis film recently. Yep, it's it's big production, it's big sets, it's it's very bombastic over the top, lots of color saturation. But when you Lots remake of modern it, music, that's kind of like his specialty. Yeah, he takes really old timey yeah. films and then puts very modern music in it. Yeah, but when it comes to remaking a game, you don't do that. Like you don't have the creative liberty, at least not in the aesthetics of it. You can in the mechanics. So like if you're creating, if you're remaking an old game, you can like change the. Uh, like change, add a skill tree, maybe social aspects, yeah. whatever. But it's not like you're changing up the style or the aesthetics, like you're not making it cell shaded. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like, no, I do, I do. Like you're making The Last of Us again, but it's just <laughs> they sure upgrading are, huh? the graphics. Like, all right, I guess, but you don't yeah, have anything new or Skyrim interesting to say. Is also an insane thing. Where exactly, yeah. It's just released on everything. And look, I'm not like hating the game, right? Or like how people are releasing things, but I think it is really interesting when people weaponize nostalgia. and. I do keep wanting to go back to Pokemon of like how many times Gen 1 is a central part of Pokemon. Like, of course, yeah. When Pokemon Go released, it was only Gen 1. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, it's just the Gen 1 games again. It's just, it's always Gen 1. And I feel like they know that's like where the strongest nostalgia is. Like, you know, when people oh, think dude, Pokemon, yeah. they think Charizard. Yes. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. And I think they're getting, they're going after me, dude, as like, yeah. 
I was a super gem oneer. I never played anything after I turned, you know, when gem one came out, I was like 10, 11, 12. And it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And now I have a kid. And so they put out Detective Pikachu because they're like, hey, remember Pikachu? You loved <laughs> Pikachu. And like, I live in the online space, right? Like I, I, I'm in tune with this culture, but like if I wasn't, if I was, you know, I don't know, a construction worker or an office worker or, you know what I mean? Like if I had a life outside of online stuff, I wouldn't know about it. I would see Detective Pikachu and be like, oh my God, I loved Pokemon when I was a kid. I would take my kid. Same yeah. with Sonic. Like the Sonic movies, like it's a yeah, I think that's thing. what a lot of it is. People definitely think, oh, I, I, when I was a kid, I, interact with this media then they bring their kids and then starts a whole new generation of fans right and yeah I, I just think it's interesting because like video games can just keep doing the same thing <laughs> as before like yeah movies as you said they really can't but like there's no reason why I can't just get a port of this sometimes they don't even have to make it look better sometimes they just put the old games on the new consoles and you're like right. wow a way to play it yeah, I think just the Switch, accessibility. Yeah, the Switch is so bad at that because I think it's like so travel friendly where everybody just wants it to be on the Switch so they can play it whenever. And I, I think don't know. the novelty of it is more important. That, like, it's not that you're going to play the game, it's the idea that you could. Like, mm -hmm. do you really want to play Captain Toad? Like, Captain to on the Wii U, Captain Toad comes out. People are like, oh, this is cool. It comes out on the Switch. You're like, yo, but it's like, uh, I mean, it, it, listen, it's a perfect travel game. Don't get me wrong. It is like the ideal travel game. But like, do we need everything in the Wii U library? Like, I, I just, I, I think I the get novelty why right Nintendo ported everything on the Wii U to the Switch, pretty much. Oh, it's a redo. <laughs> It's a mulligan. Yeah, it's a, it's a redo. The Switch sold phenomenally poorly. So I feel like even if they put something on the Switch with zero marketing, it probably outsold yeah. the entire this Wii U. Like, dude, they sold 5 million copies of, of the Wii U. Is that right? That's so low. That's absurd. Console sales. That's Nintendo, so sad. Wii let, let me check. I think like the biggest thing that went wrong with the Wii U was that they didn't title it the Nintendo Wii U and also grandmothers who are buying it, they're looking for that Nintendo, you know? Right. They're looking no, for the so Nintendo confusing. and then they also think, oh, well, I have a Wii because every grandparent knows about the Wii. I think it's like the old people going in, like some of them would go into GameStop and they would get help. But mm -hmm. if they're in, if you're going to like, Kmart or Walmart or Target, they're not no, going to help. We you know what I mean? had a reported 13 million consoles sold. Worldwide? Yeah. Uh, I wonder how that is, like, comparatively. I don't have a base frame of reference. Well, here, I know the look. Switch is absurd. Yeah. Um, I think the highest selling is PS2. Yeah, PS2 at 155 million is the most sold console. Damn. Would you like to guess what's honestly incredibly close behind? Uh, probably the Wii is number two, Nintendo right? Nintendo DS. Ah, yeah, the DS is a monster. Yeah, That's true. okay, so the PS2 is 155. Nintendo DS is 154. Really? Yeah. Dude, if I was Nintendo, I wouldn't stop. I, I, I would I'd try be to releasing overtake. them now. Yep. Tap into that nostalgia. Uh, yep, I would put a million. one limited edition, <laughs> like literally just one limited edition with Pokemon on it or something. <laughs> It'd just Pokemon be like, boom, send it. it. Dude, I mean, if they remade like 
it would also be great because those Pokemon games on the DS cost like $300 new now. Oh my God, seriously? So like if they Jesus. just re-release those and add in a DS, like th- those would be very revered as a good thing. Yeah, dude, you could get... And then what is Sony going to... You're not going to set out a PS2. <laughs> like you're, not, you're, you're generations behind, you This know? is like the same thing of how when... Avengers Endgame was the highest selling, highest oh, and they just sent it back time. out, <laughs> and then they just re-released Avatar. Yeah, like twelve years later, James Cameron said, "Eat shit, I win." Yeah, and what can you do? I, uh, hey. I, 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 I feel like it's it's hard with games because I can't think of anything that's similar except mm-hmm. for maybe Marvel, because like. Marvel is putting out, and this was more of an era before, I think, okay. more of the 2010s, not now, but, like, like a lot of the films are very similar. It's just, like, an origin mm-hmm. story. They feel very samey. Um, I think they've gotten to the point where they can't do it anymore, which is why you have, like, the fourth Thor movie, the fifth, yeah. you know, whatever. But it feels, I don't know, Marvel movies, to me, all feel very similar, which is why I don't really watch them. I think that's the closest parallel I would feel, but I don't have like expertise, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to I want to give you the rest of these console sale numbers real quick though. Sure, go. Of third place, you got the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I forgot about portable systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, PlayStation 4, which makes sense. Uh and the Nintendo Switch is right under that at 111 million units sold. Wait, PS4 is above the Wii? Yeah. That's huh. Yeah, the Wii, I, I looked at this list a few years ago, and the Wii was definitely, like, fourth on this list. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it looks like even the PS1 outsold the Wii. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Wii was, I mean, Nintendo's killed it in handheld sales, and that's kind of what they specialized in for so long. Right. But uh, the Wii was 101 million. But yeah, I guess that doesn't include, like, all the parents who bought them used, right, to play Just Dance. Yeah, but still, I for me, I thought the Wii was like a, number a, one, a revolution, right? Yeah, because yeah. like if you live through that, like you remember, I, I couldn't find one. I drove to four stores. I, I do remember one time I looked at this exact list, and I think it was like PS2 and then Wii. So yes. I don't know what's happened between then, but um, thing, things have changed. I guess it does highlight the only things that are still being sold, which is the PS4, the Switch, the PS5, and the Xbox X slash S. Sure. Um, but yeah, so you got PS4, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, Wii, PS3, Xbox 360, Game Boy Advance, PSP, outsold the 3DS, apparently. Damn. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah, that's wacky. But yeah, okay. if we keep on going down here, we'll see like... Okay, let's talk about the Wii U now. I think this is a good reference. Um, the Wii U sold 13 million units. The GameCube sold 21 million units, and it was considered a flop. And the Nintendo 64, as influential as it was, 32 million units. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, 32 million in an era where gaming was less. Like that's the thing. And then yeah. Wii U came out at the time where gaming was flourishing, and right. it's uh, 13 million. Yeah, like, I feel like in 96, like, the N64 did the best that it could. I think it could have been bigger, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, no, gaming I, I wasn't I think 32 huge, million is, like, super modest. I mean, PS1 blew it out of the water, but... Sure. PS1 I, I think, was more of a... I think Sony occupies this space where it's more of, like, a lifestyle brand rather than Nintendo, yeah. which, you know, obviously people think of more as, like, a toy. I think it's also a lifestyle brand. Nintendo? 
Yeah. I think it because, is now. I think back then it's like still kind of a toy. I, I think kinda. everything was so exclusive back then. I mean, and still mm-hmm. now it's Nintendo. Like you can PS PlayStation and Xbox, you can really go either way. It's just kind of like a personal preference. Sure. But I feel like you're either like there's two checks, right? Like you have to check are you gonna go Nintendo or the other route? And if you're going the other route, then it's like P- PlayStation or Xbox. Cause if you want to play Mario, you have to go Nintendo. But I guess right. you're right. Like so many like Xbox and Sony gamers will also also have a Switch. No, no, I think you're right. I think it's like I could see how the funnel splits, but yeah. I think Switch is like guaranteed for people because it is in its own lane. I'm shocked that Nintendo would want to sort of com- uh what's it? consolidate its handheld, handheld. And yeah, like consolidating both markets because it was killing in that market. And now yeah. it's like, okay, this is handheld and uh, I mean, you say home. that, but it's still coming out and this is their highest sold console of all time. Sure. I Do you think they're going to make another one? Because like, I don't know. I thought that they would have had made another one by now, but it's been eight years. Look, right? I, whatever, I, six years. Uh, came out in 2017, so five years. Oh, five. Okay, less. I thought it was Little, like five and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing with the Nintendo Switch is Nintendo finally has a chance to gun for number one. <laughs> you know, sure. yeah, uh, to just keep supporting it. Yeah, they released. I mean, the OLED sales go back into the Switch sales, and as long as they don't drop the name, like Nintendo DS, Nintendo DSi, Nintendo DSi XL, you know, like right. all those yeah, there's a million. go to DS sales at the end of the day. So if I'm Nintendo, I, I just think, I mean, we, we've been teasing the Switch Pro for like three years now. Yep. And whenever that eventually happens, because like I know it, it's real, it's just a matter of whenever it does. I'm literally. I didn't buy the OLED because I'm sitting on mine for this for the HD. But I got the OLED because I know I'm stupid consumer and I'm gonna buy both. Yeah, well, you're the you're exactly what Nintendo wants. Well done. I know. They're, you gave them Nintendo's three. Little good boy. I, I but I I think Switch is also. I mean, when we're talking about you know nostalgia, I think it's interesting because the Switch is sort of, and I mean Nintendo as a brand, is the ultimate sort of. Uh, Schiller of that. That's mm-hmm. their whole thing is, hey, remember Mario? Remember Luigi? I think the weirdest thing is on the Wii U, I think it was the strongest it's ever been because like there was a lot of pixel stuff. There was a lot of calling back to like the NES and the Super Nintendo in the mm-hmm. Wii U light. Like there was Pixel Toad and Captain Toad and like little things like that. Um, While well, that's at the top of my mind, the Captain Toad games. But I feel like Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. The Wii U really tried to go that route, and the Switch sort of made it more sophisticated in the way that, like, yeah. you can play the NES. I, I think and the we Super all Nintendo agree, stuff, like, the but... Wii U was like a tech demo for the Switch. I mean, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. the gamepad that you had to keep in like 20 feet of the Wii U console. Yeah. But, like, if you plug that in, you could still walk around with the gamepad and pretend it was like a little baby Switch that was humongous. It was awful. Because I, I think, like, the biggest thing about like the Switch compared to like the Steam Deck, right? 
is that the Switch is so compact and portable, and I know that they do have to sacrifice some performance because of that. But every time I hold the Steam Deck, I'm just like, God, the Switch is just so much more portable it's and nicer elegant. to hold. It's elegant. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the beauty of it. Is like it's the Switch is such a good design. And I don't I think the Wii U was like a necessary evil for them to get it right, quote, the first try. No, I get it. I agree. Cause cause I think there's like a sweet spot. I think they could have made it stronger if they wanted, but you're right. It would have been so much bulkier. And like the switch can literally fit in my in my pocket, which is like yeah. kind of crazy. I haven't bought a Steam Deck for that reason, even though I mostly pe- uh play on PC. Like Yeah, I same. Just, it it just doesn't I, I don't have one because I don't see the need for it. It's like I would and just And for be, like those handheld gamers who didn't really ever who don't really play it on TV or anything, remember they have the Switch lights too. I feel oh, like Oh yeah. I've never really seen those in the wild. I've never known anyone who had one. Um uh, I, my friend Scott Tantalus, yeah. you know Tant. Uh yeah, yeah. he has them for his kids. Oh, that makes sense. Which is smart. Like as a kid, like it's like it's like those like Amazon Fire tablets specifically for kids with like the bouncy Yeah, they're edges. cheaper, they're colorful. It makes exactly, sense. yeah. Which is smart. I'm like, and there aren't moving pieces. You don't have the Joy-Cons which can slide in and out and, you know, choke choking hazards or whatever. So Yeah, like I, I can see that the Switch lights are really good just give to a kid. I bought one once just for the collector's item because they did like a Sword and Shield exclusive. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. The nostalgia once again getting to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, they get yeah. me. They got you. I, I, I think Pokemon's a good reference point for the conversation because it just it feels like, you know, as a Gem Winner myself, that they did get me a few times. Whether it's like Let's Go was appealing to me because of that. I didn't get it, but I was like, thank you, Nintendo. I mean, Snap. It's not Gen One, but it's rooted in a what a nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. It was an N sixty four game, right? So it's like, it's. It's in that same wheelhouse. Um, I don't know. I don't know how games get away from it. I feel like culture just keeps resetting itself, and like it, it's going to continually. Right now, the big thing in horror games, at least uh, in the indie space, is these PS One looking games. I don't know if you've seen these, but like mm-hmm. Puppet Combo and stuff. Um, they make these really cool, like Grindhouse PS One horror games that I'm really into. But it's because before the horror stuff was like, you know, 8-bit, whatever, like Five Nights mini games. Yeah, you know? it's so hard to make uh, good horror games with such limited graphics, I feel. I think like immersion is such a crucial part of all that. Right. You either have immersion or you use the lack of fidelity to create uncertainty. Like you can either mm-hmm. have immersion because you see everything in something like Visage or PT, or you can create horror in like the the game can't render everything in front of, like a silent hill kind of thing where the fog is the scary part you know what i mean so, yeah but but like people I, I, a lot of it is rooted in like what were you scared of when you were younger like what did you play and think would happen in the past and then just sort of iterating on that in the future i think games are are a weird spot to be in cuz like we were talking about it's like you can't the gamers will be mad if you like remake Bioshock, but give it a, I don't know, a steampunk vibe rather than this like art deco new world deal, right? Like you can't change the feel of it ever. Yeah. It has to be in the same route. Although I can't, I feel like there has to be, 
some example, right? I mean, like, there's the Banjo-Kazooie pivot, but that's not a remake. That's not taking the old franchise and and making the same thing in a new thing. It's like, mm-hmm. that was a total pivot to a different genre entirely, which is... Speaking of pivoting to a different genre entirely, yeah. um, O.J. Simpson. Sure. Go for it. Thanks. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I'm very familiar about with O.J. Simpson and things that he might or might not have done. Uh-huh. But uh, across stumbling late last night, I never realized he wrote a book. Oh, yeah, If I Did It. Yeah, the, the book called If I Did It, written by the man who allegedly <laughs> murdered his wife and her friend. Yeah. That is genuinely... One of the boldest things I've ever seen. The guy is I, like, yeah, I didn't. I would but say the same. Yeah, I can't believe the balls to do that. If you look at the cover of the book, it says I did it. And then if is very tiny. Wait, really? Yeah, if is like a, like all off colored inside the eye. Go, go oh my God, you're right. I'm looking yeah. at it right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's even bolder than you thought, huh? What? Okay, I knew about the book. I knew about the like the the uh-huh. the whole fact that he made it, but I didn't know. Oh my god! Yeah, that's bold. That's fucked up, dude. I, did he kill his wife? I don't fucking know. I everybody said he did. I don't. I, he got charged in a civil trial, not not the televised. Oh, one. did he? Okay, yeah, and then but he just. Moved to Florida and then didn't pay it. <laughs> the great escape. Yeah, but I think what's crazy is that that's the first domino effect for uh, what I'm just seeing on my Twitter trending right now. If Kim Kardashian discovers Halloween weekend bash is not a costume party after turning up as Mystique. And I, I got to say, that. that's the worst costume to go to a not costume party with. Oh, God, yeah. Like a full-on body paint costume. Titties <laughs> out. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, that one was I, I don't know how that happens. How do you not see on the invite? Or maybe you do and you're just like, I'm gonna make a funny. She wanted a headline here. She got it. Yeah. Uh or, yeah. She she's trending, right? Yeah. On the platform. Also have uh but yeah, yeah, because like that was the first domino of Kim Kardashian's success, right? Oh, I guess so. I didn't OJ even Simpson? think about that. Yeah. Kind of, because it's her dad, right? Isn't that yeah, her, what it's like? Kim Kardashian's dad, Rob Kardashian, was the lawyer <laughs> for O.J. Simpson. That's crazy. And look, I, I don't want to... Because that was a super televised case, because like right. O.J. Simpson was like a professional football player, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know... You know, Hollywood's a small world. I know, like, Kim Kardashian was, like, a PA or something like that. Sure. But I feel like that super televised event was kind of how they all got in the mainstream. And I don't know how else Kim Kardashian met Ray J. Because we all agree, like, the sex tape was really what started her career. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but the, like, the collab with Ray J, yeah. Yeah, the collab. Like, how did we get there is yeah. my question. I... I've never really considered it or thought about it, honestly. That's yeah. wacky. Okay. Yeah, every time you see a Kim Kardashian update, just think about, like, she wouldn't be here if he didn't allegedly do it. 
if he just was a good husband, if he didn't allegedly kill his wife, what kills me is I looked up the cover of the book and there are like five different colors and oh, yeah. all of them, all the different covers have the same thing that you were talking about where the if is like hidden. Yeah. Like it's a stylistic choice. And it's a creative choice that they make on every single My favorite one thing. is the portrait of him, and the if is white, and it blends in with the shirt. <laughs> He's looking back. Yeah. I can't believe this. That, like, I wouldn't you be mournful that your wife was murdered? Like, I how? I don't know, man. This is, it, it's it's crazy to me. But I, I, uh, I just found out the other day, actually, and this is another pivot out of nowhere. Uh, I was watching... I think it was either TV or I had a Twitch stream on and an ad came up. Do you know who owns Raycons? Ray J. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why they're called Raycons. I didn't know that. Is that common knowledge? That blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, have you ever been sponsored by them? No, but I, I see them watched on a, a bunch sponsor? of other videos. I've I've seen the sponsor, but I've never watched them. I see usually because like I got sponsored by them, and saying that it's made by Ray J is usually like a talking point in the briefs. Oh, right. I you know I I feel like I'm like most YouTube viewers, and I see yeah, today's skip. video is sponsored by, and I hit the right arrow like six times. And yeah, then that's I'm why I don't think content. like sponsors are a huge deal anymore because like right, it's just I am accepting that these companies are wasting their marketing budget because yep. I'm. My viewers are going to be smart and just press the L button roughly six times. Yep. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. That's how and, I felt, too. Is like, yeah. it, what's the harm in... I don't know. Like, you know, I, I feel like people used to hate sponsorships, viewers specifically, because mm-hmm. they didn't know the back end and they think it's a sellout thing. But I think now people are like, you know, whatever. It doesn't hurt well, me I to skip forward. I think it is a sellout thing. I'll be honest. You think so? I don't think yeah. so. I mean, I, I, I think it depends on where you're at, right? Like, I sure. think if you're a smaller creator, sponsors definitely make ends meet. But if you're a bigger creator like me, I do think it's a sellout-y thing because, like, I would You have be, enough. Yeah. Yeah, like, I could live off no sponsors. Like, I could live off just genuine, like, ad revenue and everything. But now I'm just, like, at a point where sponsors are so dummy ridiculous where it's just, like, hard to say no. Like... I can do three sponsors and then like double my my earnings for the month. You know? Yeah, but it's also it allows you to do higher concept, bigger things, right? Like it that, does. That's the most important thing, I think. It 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 does, but like I think I could still do it either way. <laughs> like that. That's what I'm trying to say. No, like, I hear you. I, it's I get nice. It. it makes my life cozier, and yeah, I probably do get to do more and bigger things because of it. But like. I think the smartest creator is the one who's just sitting in his room, like no big projects, no big anything, just like stream highlights, uploads views on like a consistent level. Yeah. And then uh, you just put a sponsor in it. And I think like that is the happiest person ever who. Yep. Yeah. Like that's the richest person. Like I, I think like 
obviously XQC is like the biggest streamer, right? Yes. But he definitely has more money than Ludwig because he stays inside. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't have he have to go out. He doesn't have to do this stuff. Yeah. He just sits in front of his computer and yells. And he's not like a huge YouTube presence, actually. No, he's not. You, you would think he would be, right? He has a lot of subs. He could. Like, it's one of those things. He could. Yeah, he absolutely he could be if he want. But like his videos are like, you know, I'm looking at it now. Generally trend around like 100, 150, 200K, which is like still good. Don't get me wrong. But like for somebody of his size. Yeah, he's in a position where he could be averaging like a milli per video. No question. Yeah. But yeah, I think like, you know, like Ludwig hosted his giant smash event that we just talked about last episode. But, you know, like that was 200K in the red. Right. And like yeah. he did that because he wanted to, right? Like because he loves the smash community and wanted to give back. Or honestly, maybe it wasn't even that at all. Maybe it just sounded like a cool idea in his head and he acted on it, you know? Sure. Like it's it could be a lot of different things. I'm sure it's a little bit of all of it. But. I just think like that's the biggest difference is like the smartest creators. It's it's oh, weird, yeah. right? Because like Ludwig's building an empire, right? Like it's kind of like what uh, Game Grumps became, right? Like right, yeah. Ludwig is such a product of today's content landscape, and Game Grumps definitely was in like 2012 or like 2014 and onward. And I feel like with that, they like. Dude, Gangrofs are still touring. They're still selling out arenas. Yeah, that's and nuts. Yeah, and they drop new merch every two weeks. Like, yeah. And on beyond that, they had the money to start a whole ass touring company, and now Aaron manages real good touring, and just w that handles like you know they just concluded a trash taste tour, which sold incredibly. They do like right. scribble showdown. They do pretty much every notable YouTuber tour. There is, and it's just like they've monopolized this very needed field. And I just think that's so cool because like that all started because, you know, Aaron was making animations on Newgrounds and right. the whole culture of content, the whole landscape is different because of him, right? It it comes down to what you want to accomplish because like you're right, the, the smartest or the most uh, savvy creators could just sit in the yeah. room, but like you're not building, like you said, kind of an empire, right? You're yeah. not leaving, you're not creating anything, you're not building anything, you're just, you're you're affecting people's hearts and minds, which is great, it's entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not building something that can outlast you individually. Yeah, and I think that's like, the main thing. The question I always ask is like, if they stop streaming tomorrow, how are they getting money? Yes, yep. And if you don't have an answer, it's like, well, you know, that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> but maybe you don't want to, maybe you're just going to sit and do that forever. Or maybe, you know, like you said, I, you're right that like just doing stream highlights, piecing them together and then putting like raid shadow legends on it. That's yeah. that works. Like, like that's yeah. There's two ways to play this little game called life. Like you can, I'm going to, I'm going to say three. Um, three is the honest way, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just working a hard job and then uh, keeping that job for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's like one way. The other way is I think like the more Ludwig way where he is just trying to create this massive empire of several things that's making revenue and then eventually retire and just kind of soft manage all of that and just have this residual income. Different streams. Flow in. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way. And then 
I think I'm kind of more in this other one because like I've done all these cool projects, but I can't say any of them is bringing like residual income. Right. But I think as much as we're criticizing it, I think I fall under the XQC thing more where it's like, I'm just trying to make a shitload of money and then retire with that. Sure. You know, like in content, you definitely can be in that position to just retire, right? Like you, I could retire at like 35 if I right. really wanted to. And you could just stop working forever. Yeah. So that's honestly kind of my plan because I kind of see it. And I was like, I don't want to be in my 40s doing YouTube, right? It just right. feels maybe the culture will be different by then, but it just sounds weird. No, I know what you mean. I, as somebody who's, you know, 34 doing this and not nearly yeah. at that same spot, I'm like, cause, but I think you sort of phase out on your own. That sort of happens mm -hmm. on its own. Or you get a dedicated audience that sort of comes yeah. with you, like ages with you. And it's like, you will always, you're never going to be like part of the, uh, the zeitgeist again. You're not going to be like mm -hmm. top of the world, but you know, you can always stream, you can always have maybe like 1500 subs and live a pretty comfortable life. And that is your nine to five. Like you've yeah. earned a spot where you can play whatever you want, do whatever you want, create whatever you want. And you have a fan base of people who were with you the whole time. And it's like, it's not glorious and it's not like, you know, you're making influencer money, but it's a desk job salary and you get the creativity and the the uh, flexibility to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? I think there's mm -hmm. something there. But I mean, if you retired tomorrow, you don't think there's stuff you want to be doing? I, I don't know. Like my long-term plan in content, it's it's kind of just revolves around just living out of the spotlight, right? Sure. Like, I, I don't want to soft manage things because like my mental is is AWOL constantly because I'm in, so involved with content and so with so many people. Sure. And like in a perfect world, honestly, I just reached this point where I had a really good run and I want to I want to do it on like my terms, not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. But I just want to pack up and go move somewhere else. Like, not LA, not Oklahoma, just like, I don't know, like a Portland, Seattle, sure. something. Um, and just, I don't, I don't know, like, be a, be a family man after sure. that. Like, I, I just, I might go back to school. I might, I might do something like, I think it'd be fun to be a teacher or something. Like, I always wanted to be a teacher when I was a kid, but I was like, sure. oh, that doesn't pay anything. And if I'm in a situation where I don't care about money and I just have all this residual income, I'd, I'd like something to do that just is sounds fun to me. Yeah, I think you could do that for a few years, but I think you'd get bored eventually. Like, not the same itch of like, I want to be famous or like, yeah. I want people to watch this, but I want to do a cool idea. I think that would, and, and knowing that you have the means to do it, especially because mm -hmm. people love a comeback, right? Like, yeah. I think that would hit at some point. And I, I mean, I, don't know I, when, I think but. like nobody like fully retires from content because it's like right. if I'm doing like the side job, living a happy life outside of the spotlight, like if I just upload a video or two like a year, like I'm still out of the spotlight. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm still just uh, doing my own thing. Like I'd like to be able to cut ties with Alpharet fully one day. So it might mentally be for, for the best if I never did that. Yes. But uh, I would 
definitely like to just go live a life somewhere. I could see myself maybe just like casually streaming every now and then not turning it into it, but it's just like, I, I would just like to cut ties entirely one day. I, sure. I don't want to half-ass it. No, I hear you. Because if you half-ass it, then you're just going to keep, uh, you're going to keep coming back to it fully. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, that makes sense. I, I, I think that there's something to be said for making all the hay that you can in your youth and then just mm -hmm. kind of chilling. And and then you could just do whatever you want after that. It's a very also, lucky spot to be in. It is. And I feel like this bubble has to burst eventually, right? Like, as we oh, were yeah. just talking about, yeah, like, yeah. all these car companies are dumping and marketing budgets into us. And we're like, yeah, we know people are just going to press L three times. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like one. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. I, I think, mean, you say that, but it keeps happening, right? Like, it, yeah. there's no way they're making their investment back when they do this stuff. But that's that's kind of what I think. And right. I think like, oh, I'm making a lot of money and I appreciate that. And I have the standard and I refuse to be paid less. But at the same time, I can't really say I think they're getting their value. Yep. And so it, it's it's tricky. It's hard because I want them to keep giving me money. <laughs> <laughs> but like. I, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of brand awareness. Like, think about how how different the culture is compared to like 2015. When mm -hmm. someone said sponsors to you, your brain went loot crate, crunchy roll. Oh, know, yeah. Something like that. Yep. Then in like 2018, people were like, ah, oh, Skillshare and, and Squarespace. Squarespace. Yeah. And now you either think of VPNs or Raid Shadow Legends. Like, yep. Like, even the culture of, of these sponsors have changed so much. And the funny part is like, you say what you want about Raid Shadow Legends. Like, is it a good game? I don't know. I've never played it. Have I <laughs> endorsed it? Yes, I have. Of course. But the the funny part of it all is, is it's a household name. More than yes. most AAA games because of the budget they've put into it. And I feel like games with microtransactions, like I'm going to assume it has, definitely get it that does. budget and they just put it all back into the marketing because hey every everybody knows about raid shadow legends and it's exactly because they wanted you to they made yeah. you you're looking for whales you're looking for that one whale that's just gonna spend an obscene amount of money and it's like i i used to have this concept that like you know, before I, I got full on into content that I wouldn't take a sponsor unless I had actually used it. Everybody had, says like, that. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. says that. But I, I said that. I, yeah, I think that's a very common thing of like, a, I, you're personally endorsing the product. You've used it yourself. But eventually, I think in in every content creator's life, and, and I don't know if this is true for you, but it happened for me. I started seeing it less like a personal endorsement and more like, if I am the media platform, this is just an ad. Like yeah, it's I, just a commercial. It's a commercial, yeah. And it's like, it, like NBC does not use every product that they show. You know what I mean? Like the CEO no. of NBC or whatever. I think the hard part is just it's your voice, right? Exactly. It's a personal thing. It's like so. It it is. 
it's always that, going to be sort of also, tied to you. Almost makes me think it's worth like all the massive dollars that they're mm-hmm. putting into these things because like if you compare, I remember just for shits and giggles, right? I went sure. to get a commercial on TV and I looked into it. This was when I lived in Oklahoma and it cost me like uh, $12,000 to get like uh, this commercial played at like 3 a.m. on local news. Yeah, I remember you saying it was, uh, yeah. we, we talked, it was like super late and nobody would see it. And dude, I could find a YouTube channel with 50,000 subs and who's like, plays in a genre of games like the game I want to promote. Right. And that's going to cost like, you know, like $2,000, honestly. And it's like... most. Yeah, you might get like 30,000 eyes on it, but it's such a more targeted demographic than just late night commercials. Right. It's... Anyone could be watching. It's a captive audience. And and I think it's a lot more targeted. But again, I, I, I feel so weird about doing this stuff because like you said it's like how much value are you really getting like I'll, I'll play hardball and I'll, I'll like haggle sometimes but I'm thinking in the back of my head like Jesus man like what is how much are we really getting out of this stuff and sometimes yeah. I'll get a sponsor that and I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to uh, I'm of not course, trying to alienate but I've had a sponsor a few times now that has nothing to do with my vertical at all and I'm like, I kind of do it just because it's funny. Like, it's not gaming. It's not like, you know, uh, something toward the mail demo of like Bespoke Post or like Manscaped or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's not a physical product like Raycon. Uh, I, there, I, and again, I'm, I'm whittling it down and I, I can't say what it is, but like it has nothing to do with anything about my channel or my audience but I keep doing it because it's so insane and I don't know why they pay me to do it, but I'm very thankful for that. They do. I feel like you kind of, kind of narrowed it down. I, I think people might know what I'm talking about at this point. Yeah. I think people might uh, have an idea, but it's, it's, I don't know how they find you, honestly. Like, it, it, like for you, I understand because you, you're, you're large in the space. And I think that you have like a certain corner of the market cornered in terms of like the Nintendo space vaguely sort of yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah that, I know what you mean you know what I mean like for me it's like how am I getting noticed because my YouTube is like not big Twitch is you know not bad but it's like how do you uh-huh. find Twitch streamers to sponsor you know I, I don't know what they're like metric. a list right like I feel like yeah but just how have to have, where do you get I, it from I, I have no idea like I feel like they just have scouts because like sometimes the people who would get sponsored by the same thing are across so many different genres and everything. Sure. Because like I know what people do is like uh, for a lot of these agencies who are the middleman between these sponsors, they just find creators, put them on a list, send them to brands and be like, these are the size of creators. This is approximately what it would cost. And then every brand has the number that they're going to pitch to you and then the number they'll stop at. You know, like that's Wait, how really? these things. <laughs> yes, that's just how advertising and negotiating works. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, never accept the first offer is what I'm saying. Of course. Yeah. I've said no to so many offers and seen them double. You know. Yeah. I I I hate it though when I'll say no to the first offer and they raise it so little that it feels like an insult. You know. Yeah. What they're I mean? like, yeah, a couple fifty extra bucks. Right now, you're interested. 
that literally has happened to me somewhat recently where yeah, I hey, asked, yeah, it's the same sponsor, but we'll pay for your parking ticket. Yeah. It's, it's I, it was with somebody that I've worked with a lot that I have a good relationship with too. So I was kind of annoyed, but gotcha. I, I, I feel like the sponsor metagame is something that a lot of people aren't privy to, obviously, because like it's a different field, but it's so weird. I would love to t tell you guys about the world that we live in in the background here because it's it's very strange, but it's uh, it's probably something that should be left behind curtains because it's so goofy, you know? Yeah, whenever I do have that time where I decide I'm leaving Alfred, I'm packing up, I'll, I'll do it. I'll expose it all. You're just going to let it all go? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I will. I have a, I have a little stream press conference. Be like, what do you want to know? There's something so cathartic about that idea. Like, I've had the same idea of like, yeah. if I ever want to move to the wood, like, if I ever made enough money and I just want to go mm -hmm. hermit mode and move to the woods, just having a stream and just scorched Let it all out. Yeah, just like, no, and it doesn't even have to be inflammatory or incendiary or anything. Like, I'm I'm exposing anything, but just like, all right everything on the table you know yeah just, yeah i don't yeah. want to like expose other people's things right exactly like, just let yeah, me yeah, talk yeah. about my experiences yeah i think there's something really neat about that idea especially when you live in a world like we do which mm -hmm. is so like there's no path for this you know what i mean like in the content space it's like this this field is so brand new but it's also so coveted like it's the yeah. number one job that uh, kids say that they want. It's it's weird. Yeah, I think, like, you know, I have said it multiple times. It's like that Pokemon Go sponsor that I did is the most money I've ever made from one individual thing. Right. And at at that expose say all, like, yeah, I'll tell you how much it was. <laughs> but right now, I can't. Yeah. But dude, I think the craziest part is like, yeah. They gave me so much money for that video, and it did okay. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. When when that happens and the video does decent, you're like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, they were saying like, oh, we want this to do really well on your channel. We want it to feel natural with your audience. And I was like, well, it won't. It's a sponsored video. <laughs> it literally and can't, but. It can't. And they're like, oh, well, we wanted to feel like you, like, it's just something you would have done. And I was like, I get that. And honestly, this idea is something I would just do on my own. Right. But it's a sponsored video. Like, I, I kept trying to stress that. I was like, it's not, they're like, oh, well, we had this one channel. They performed, like, really well on their channel. And I was like, okay, well, that's the exception, not the rule. Right. You know, it's just like, this, this video should not perform well. And no. then I showed them my title and thumbnail and they hated it. And they're right. like, we want it to look like, I, no, I don't want to shit talk a company that just gave me a lot of money. But well, I remember you telling you we talked about it before, but I know yeah. where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just they they sent me like what they wanted the thumbnail to be. And it was like like, oh, we want bright colors, we want the game, we want Jacob's face in the corner looking surprised or gasping. And then we want Pokemon Go on the side. And it was just like, this is just a Mr. Beast thumbnail. Like that's right. I don't I don't do that. Like no. they're they wanted they're like, oh, we wanted to look regular to your channel and i'm like I, I don't think that is i very seldom put my actual face in thumbnails right the, i had one sponsor recently and let me know if you've had this but it was a mobile game and the mobile game wanted me to uh, you know promote their game whatever do the do the sponsor activation but then 
they said they sent me a follow-up email saying, hey, uh, the larger activation isn't doing as well as we thought. Can you make a community post? Yeah. And I'm like, no. What the fuck? <laughs> like, and, and it wasn't like my video was fumbling. It wasn't like my video had low views and they wanted like extra Just support. The the translation was poor. Yeah, it was. Well, it was because it wasn't even that it like on my end, it was more like they had a weekly event and at the end of the weekly event, they wanted X amount of installs and they didn't hit that. And they wanted me to push that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I'm like, that's not what we agreed to. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Like, huh? Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. But I, I guess it's, you know... A community post is such a small favor in that in that mind, you know. It's like, can you do this for like future? I just I couldn't believe that. I'm sure you've I, seen that. I will say, yeah, like, dude, getting an agent changes everything. It's yeah, it's you having someone else say no to that is so much better because I hated being the bad guy, right? Right. And now, and now, my boy, shout out to Skyler. He loves saying no, and he's so good at it. Like, we'll have sidebars, <laughs> and he'll just be like, "Hey, man, don't say that. I'll I'll take the blame. I'll be the bad guy. You you just you just do you." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, yeah. it's so great because uh, in certain situations, like I've been presented with an a sponsor. I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take that." And then suddenly they doubled the price or something like that. Right. Something yes. I was like would have done anyways. Yep. Like. I've had a few sponsors who have just been awful and dropped the ball. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you're independent, when I was dealing with everything myself, it was just kind of like a, yeah, I guess this might as well happen, right? Like, right. what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. And also, if you're getting a lot of money for a 60-second shout-out, right, it feels yeah. silly to, like, have an issue with it. But, I mean, it's extra work that you didn't agree to a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, that's the thing. It's just like, it was so, um, it was just like tiny little things that they would add. And it was like, okay, well, I don't, like in your community post situation, I would be like, I don't want to say no and then lose the sponsor or something, you know? And, but yeah, no, they just secure all that contracts. You know, they'll be like, nope, we didn't agree to this. Sorry. And then, (laughs) then it's just the end of the, that's it. Like, I mean, legally that's correct. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I I feel like in your space, it makes a lot of sense to just go that way. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, not at the level. Yeah, you are. You absolutely could. You think so? Of having an yeah. agent? Yeah. You I don't see so? why not. Okay. Look, like the thing is, it's maybe not like the agency I have. Yeah. But like there are so many like smaller agencies that absolutely could. Like, um, I, I just know tons of agencies because, well, they all try to scout me at one point. So right. I, sure. Because I know like when Point Crow was looking for an agency, he I was just talking all about this and he was telling me how much he was making and his sponsor, his brand's doing this and that and this. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. just connected him to one of the agencies I, I almost considered and then now now he worked with them. You know, like it's... Really? It's, it's okay. Easy. Yeah. Well, maybe this was like when talk. he was smaller too. Yeah. 
Maybe we should talk because I, I, when I hear agent, I think it's like an independent. Like I, I have a guy who does my YouTube, right? And so yeah. I would have a guy who I just pay directly that does my agent stuff. But that's like that's more like an assistant. That's not like yeah. And they don't have the background. To be I, able I think to deal like with, that with the, the agent, way. it's kind of like you choose how much you pay them because they're probably you know they're not taking a salary; they're taking a percentage. True. Yeah. 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 Because uh, at at the end of the day, like you're one of their many clients. So like right. you will get prioritized the more you are bringing home the money. Of course, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, maybe I, I should look into that. I honestly would love that to get it off my plate yeah. because right now dealing with it all on my own is exhausting. And these are like all the back, like people, you know, see the content creator sphere and they're like, oh, you're just playing video games or whatever. But it's like, there's so much backend stuff. Like, yeah, we, we talked about this on previous things, but even just something as simple as like the Mario Party Summit you just did is is exhausting to me. Like trying to get a group of that size to actually do things and commit to it is so yeah, hard. and then show up and then like it's like the other yeah. thing is like we had one game that got a little heated. Oh and, really? Yeah. So then I had to like after the tournament was said and done, like I had to do damage control. You know, I want to make sure like this is everyone's happy, everyone's having fun, everyone oh, wants to come man. back again. You know, so it's like like you always have to entertain something like that happening, but it's just like. You know, it's it's not just like, oh, I I asked sixteen people and they all said yes immediately and nobody canceled. Yep, you know, and everybody showed up and everybody knew what to do and there were no issues or anything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's. Um, did I yeah, uh, did I tell you about the thing that happened to me with the Mario sixty four race? No, did I talk about that on here before? Okay, no, I don't want to bore this. So so I love this story. So simply. Mario yeah. 64 extraordinaire. Uh, love this guy to death. He's awesome. He uh, used to be the world record holder for 70 star, I think, or 120 mm -hmm. star. One of the two. Um, he, was, he was 70 star and I think I think it was both, well. right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he has, he he is a great Mario 64 speedrunner. Really funny guy. He's great. He hosts something called the, uh, he had the freshman 16 and then the sophomore 16. And the idea is these are 16 people in a single elimination bracket that, do 16 star but like they're not professional speedrunners they're just yeah. casual players or people who are like you know like Ludwig was in it um Mizkiff did it Josh uh mm -hmm. me like you know people who like run Mario 64 but aren't like super uh yeah. de dedicated to it but know the game and he had it and we he invited me to one and the guy that I was up against uh, was seated below me because I had a higher PB than him. So we yeah. start racing. Oh, that we... sounds so easy to do seating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go by time. But here's the problem because it's a best two out of three and we start racing. And my best time in Mario 64 is like 19 Dude, minutes, 40 seconds. Dude, a two seconds. out of three could be an hour long. Yeah, it could be a while if you play all three games. It, it could take a bit, but my PB in Mario 64 is like 1940 something, I think. Mm -hmm. It's like... It's not amazing, but it's, you know, it's pretty good. I just think speedrunning events that force people to not reset is always good, right? Because, like, everyone's well, so yes. practiced. And, like, like you know, like, everyone's practices the first half of the run so much more than the second half. Exactly, yeah. So it's just so interesting because, like, if you get to a point where you would reset, it's just interesting to not suddenly not have that option. And the tension of, like, the guy that's super far ahead, is he going to 
is he gonna flub it, right? Is he yeah. gonna like fall off or something? And he Dude, can't like go if he back falls and off then... in Bowser's, like that's huge. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I like think, it's always possible. I think speed running uh, tournaments and events like this are super cool. So I was really happy to be in one, but he invites me and we start racing. And the guy that I'm I'm racing against, who has a slower PB than me, starts just blowing me out of the fucking water. Like this guy is clearly not supposed to be in this tournament. He's absurdly good. And the reason that we played, and I found out later, is simply asked him for his 16-star PB, but the guy is a 70-star runner. So the oh. guy, he doesn't play 16-star, but he under, like all he does is play Mario 64. Mario 64 is his gotcha. main game. So I get in this tournament, and this guy is just blowing me. And it's like at the point where it's Is not, this round one? Yes, Oh, so you just got fucked. Yes, and it's not fun to watch, like, because there's no tension. There's uh -huh. no, like, he's just at the end, and, like, I'm doing my normal strats. He cleared in, like, 16 minutes, 17 minutes, and I'm, even on my best day, I'm three or four minutes behind that. And the reason I bring this up is because, like, not only did he beat me once, but we had to play again. Like, it was a two out of three, and and simply <laughs> is trying to run commentary. He's like, oh, what could Cody do? And they're trying to, like, bullshit and be like, oh, well, maybe if Cody could hit. There is no way I was winning. I lose twice very quickly. But the reason that I bring it up is because, like, you were talking about the Mario Party game getting heated. If I took it more seriously and I, like, was really mad about it or, cre like, I think this could like Dick could have been really annoying for simply right, and he was like really he was really apologetic. He's like, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't care because who who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a for fun tournament. I think the end of the day, the prize funny wasn't, and unfortunate. Yeah, and I think the prize was like a thousand dollars or two thousand. So like, you know, if some people want that, that's fine. But like, I he was so apologetic, and I thought like, man. If somebody wanted to be like a bitch about this and just whine and cry, they and, could. Yeah, exactly. And, and they'd have like would, the right to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I would feel so bad for. But like to me, I just thought it was weird. The guy didn't disclose he was like. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a little strange. But whatever. You know, make your money. Um, yeah, and I it's had an exposure, one tournament. You know, where like because you know, like all my tournaments are like randomly generated teams and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's all like seated. I had one team. I just didn't know how good they were, and they they won a tournament. And there's one of a good friends. I'm just gonna say it was all drive. It sure. And yep. It's like I'm trying to host these balanced teams, and then he told me he was like, "Oh, I I knew my team was broken, but I just thought like, oh, that's my good chance to win a tournament." <laughs> like. Uh, come on, man. Like, yeah, I was like, come on, man. Just let me. We're trying to have a good time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like, I just want to. It's hard to do these. It's hard to do that it's randomly hard, generated man. and not have a team that just sucks and not have a team that just sweeps. Yeah. Because you like, want it to be entertaining. You don't want it to yeah. be. It, but it's also like you kind of have to get whoever you can at the same time. Like. I don't know. Organizing this stuff is always a nightmare, but yeah, it's hard. But the the six, Mario sixty four thing, like I think like another scenario where like like there's always these things like I could have been a bitch about, right? Like yes, yeah, yeah. Ludwig hosted this this multiverse tournament. Oh yeah, and stands <laughs> was my partner, and it was for money too. And it was like right before grand finals, stands was like, oh, I have to leave. Ludwig told me it would be done <laughs> earlier, so I have to leave, and I go. What? Huh? <laughs> We're in grand finals. And it was like a difference of being paid 
$2,500 or $4,000. You know, like that's pretty big. That's yeah. a difference. And then uh, Ludwig, who doesn't really play multiverse, is like, all right, I'll be your partner. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Oh, no. And then the we host. get swept 3 0. <laughs> like it was not close. And the craziest part I was like, I felt like I was playing pretty damn well. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. The host of the event tries to step in. That's that's really funny. Like, if Ludwig and I won, it would have been very funny. Right. But, like, it's still funny that we lost. Like, it's a funny situation. Yeah. But... I could see how somebody might be... Like, but those things are always going to happen, and I feel bad for content creators that, like, <laughs> you try to do something cool. Yeah. Some shit happens. Like, you know, I felt bad for Simply in the circumstance, or even Ludwig there. It's like... Mm -hmm. You have to call an audible Ludwig's on the fault. fly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just a situation. It was like he like stands like, oh, I told Ludwig that like I had to leave at this right, time, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, well, then Ludwig probably should have just like not brought you in. Yeah, like it's I I think like there can be like some fault, but it's just like it's it's what I think you can't make those mistakes right when there's money on the line. I yes. think that's the yep. biggest thing. Is like normal, like everyone always tells me, like, oh, you should have like this big, awesome twist at the end. And then, like, uh, I'm helping plan like some Smash tournament. And they're yeah. like, what if in grand finals we turn final Smash meter on? And it's like, you can't, dude, if, if we like, if it's just for fun, like you're playing with friends, like we can do these twists. If they know twists are happening, sure, we can do that. But you can't drop surprises on people who are playing for money. No, that's what feels off like if it's a for free content tournament sure do whatever but like you can't drop shit on people like that and have it go over well in any situation no there's always going to be like it, yeah there's no way to make that work because as soon if there as you is a introduce winner the and a loser the loser will be pissed even if they were going to lose either way right I, I i remember i think you saw these the uh the bad things happening to good uh, people tournaments. You've seen yep. these. Yep. The first one was super funny because it was just like, I don't genuine. even know if there was a prize. It was genuine. It was, was like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it was It was small, but it was like, it was clearly like, it was genuine. People were just dicking around having fun. It ended with a uh, hungry box and sharp. But then the second one, Panda wanted to add a bunch to the prize pool and it just yeah. wasn't fun anymore. People took it so seriously. You couldn't add any new rules. People wanted to have the default and it's like, I don't know. You lose a lot of the magic that way. It sucks. Yeah, like the guy who won that tournament was not was a guy who didn't even know it was a silly tournament. Right. Or he, he just, said that. I think he yeah, did. Yeah. He's just being, I don't know. The, uh, the saddest thing about the Mario 64 tournament, by the way, the Simply one, is that my first round was this guy and he stopped me. My second round was supposed to be Josh, and I was so excited. Because Josh is is way yeah. better than me at Mario 64, but I was gonna I was gonna love talking shit. I was gonna have be yeah, on Discord course. the whole time. Just like, you know, just trash talking, having fun with Josh. And then he beat Josh and he won the whole tournament. So Oof. yeah, he 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 stomped everybody. And uh it was, you know, it fun was tournament. Uh, yeah, fun, fun event. I think he's doing it again soon, but yeah, yeah, let's go simply. Okay, ding. Ding, 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 ding. We're here. Hey, Mario uh, 64 is pretty nostalgic, huh? Yeah, yeah, we brought it all back together. We started with nostalgia, talking about video games, consoles, uh, Avengers, uh, Marvel, just stuff in general. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I think it really started talking about nostalgia. We pivoted to just like console sales of all time, kind of and branched then, on that. Nostalgia Pokemon Simpson. Hard pivot. OJ Simpson's <laughs> murder trial. Kim and, Kardashian. Yeah. And then you hard pivoted to something else. I don't know. I, I don't remember. We started th- talking about sponsor stuff, like creator stuff. Yeah. And I then don't Mario know how we got for tournaments. It's hard agent stuff, sponsors. Maybe with sponsors. I don't know. Anyways, there you have it. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. We made a Twitter. You just got to go find it. Yep. Hope you find it. It's somewhere out there and do it before Elon Musk breaks the platform. See you soon. Goodbye. How Did We Get Here is produced by Deanna Gowland, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks. Our theme music is by Garrett Williamson, and our engineer audio producer is Justin Asher. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.